Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. If you don't have a Bible or need a new Bible on your way out today, uh, stop by there. We have uh, the, the black leather-bound Bibles. They are, some of them may be hardback, but anyway, they are free for you if you don't have a Bible, if you need a new one. Or if you have come to that point that you need something with a, a little larger print that uh, also... Uh, those Bibles do have a little larger print. I'm finding myself starting to have to use them sometimes. But anyway, Luke chapter 15, beginning with verse 1. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine and in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost." Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word and for the inspiration of it today. And Lord, we pray that you will help us to be a people who will be challenged, changed, and never be the same again because we encounter your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, we are finishing up our I Love My City shirts now due to, uh, due to uh, kind of, you know, supplies and that kind of thing. The new shirts won't be here till tomorrow. And I know that that's after the end of the series. But don't fret. You come get one tomorrow or Tuesday. I'm not sure which, we're not sure which day, but either tomorrow or Tuesday they'll be here. So if you haven't got a shirt yet, please come by the church office, get a shirt. We'll probably have them the next couple of Sundays out as well. But wear these shirts. Let people know that you love your city. And uh, wear them to church, wear them out and about and all. But anyway, we were talking, we've been talking about how it is a wonderful place to live. This city is a great place and there's great things about it. But all also, there's challenges, no doubt. There's challenges, of course, that we've looked at this week. I mean, this series, talking about how it's, it received a D-plus grade for safety. Now, like we said, uh, I've seen recent reports saying it's a little better uh, improving. That's a good thing. Uh, also, it's, it's in the top four cities in the North Carolina for sex trafficking. We are a port city, have easy access to I-40 and I-95. Uh, also, as the overdoses in North Carolina have increased uh, since the pandemic hit, they have increased 36 percent 
a 36% increases in overdoses in North Carolina alone. And then, of course, uh, Wilmington still holds uh, that it is the highest opioid addiction rate of any other city in the United States right now. And 11.6, uh, greater than 11.6, and that's just what we know about. And so we know there are some challenges. And not only that, we know there's challenges from this pandemic. We know there's challenges from other uh, problems that folks may be going through and, 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 you know, just normal everyday problems and things. It all, we all have challenges. And so what we want to do as a church, we want to love this city. We want to love this city. Now, we're going to be talking about, and uh, uh, we're going to be on November the 3rd. Come for that Wednesday night. Please come out and be with us. We're going to have tables with all the different um, area missions and ministries that you can take part in to help love our city. So we're going to give you practical ways of doing that in this next series about that and all. But you can come, and uh, the door prizes are always good. So amen. But anyway, but we want to help you to love your city, and we believe that this church, Pine Valley, we're not saying this in a prideful way, we're just saying we believe that our values that we hold will help us to love this city. And I've preached on those values before, it's the four E's, and I've preached on those before, but I, we wanted especially this series to allow us to use the four E's and, and see how these values will help to reach others for Jesus Christ, how these values will help us to love this city and the surrounding area. So it's not just Wilmington, it's surrounding areas. We're reaching out online, so it, it goes beyond. So we talked about excellence in worship. Our values is excellence in worship, engaging spiritual formation, extra mile caring, and expressive face sharing. And we talked about how each of those, excellence in worship, it calls people to God's presence where transformation can take place. We talked about engaging spiritual formation. In other words, if we're going to make a change, it's going to take, it's going to be spiritual warfare that, that it's going to, I mean, whenever you are making a dent in the darkness of the city, the enemy does not like it and he's going to do everything he can to mess that up. Uh, and then we, we talked about engaging, I mean, extra mile caring, and that's caring for folks inside of church and outside of the church uh, because Jesus told us to, and, and that uh, it's being a good neighbor to everyone in need. And then where we are today is expressive faith sharing. Expressive faith sharing. And here's kind of the definition of the way we're seeing this. As a church and as individuals, so I want you to get that. It's as a church as a whole and as individuals. Uh, we will share our faith in Jesus Christ with others so that they may know Him and His grace and love. That is what the goal is for us. Amen? It is to share our faith with others so that others may know the love and the grace and the salvation that God can give. That others may know that he loves us and that He loves them and that there is a better way, that there is a better life. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. How will expressive faith sharing help us to love our city? And number one is this. Expressive faith sharing motivates us to love lost people. If we're going to love our city, we have to, realize, we have to love lost people. In fact, we need to realize that there are lost people. That, that anybody that's far from God is lost. I'm not just talking about eternity. I'm not just talking about heaven or hell. I'm talking about lost. You, I, I, Bob Tuttle used to say all the time, you don't have to die to go to hell. 
Because there's folks that are living in the midst of a living uh, uh, situation like that now. And so, so if we don't have Christ in our life, here and forever, we are lost. Now, I know that's not, that, and it's not to be said in a, uh, in a condemning way. It's just to be said is lost people matter to God, and they should matter to us as well. Amen? Listen, if Jesus didn't think people could be lost, he would not have told the three stories. I read you the first two. He would not have told the three stories that are in Luke chapter 15. I mean, look at what he says there in, in, in Luke 15, 4. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? You hear that? A lost sheep. The sheep wasn't part lost. The sheep wasn't kind of lost. No, the sheep was lost. And it wasn't the sheep's fault necessarily. I don't think the sheep woke up that morning and said, you know what, I think I'll go get lost today. And I know sometimes it's not folks' fault. It's not folks's. They 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 just they get pulled off of, or they've never been introduced. And, and so we need to understand that there are lost people. Listen, he, he he says that. Then he says, if you didn't get it this time, let me tell you about this story. And he said, or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. If that would have been Tina, she must have been going to Hobby Lobby or, or Target or Walmart or something like that. I mean, I mean, you know, and it says this woman turns the house over to find the one coin that is lost. The coin wasn't partly lost. And let me ask you something. Is there any value in that coin while it's lost? No. But she saw value in it and she searched for it because the coin was lost. Lost people matter to God, and folks, lost people need to matter to us. That's why Jesus said this in Luke 19, 10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's what Jesus said he came for. That's what his mission was, to save that which is lost. Now, I know it's not really politically correct these days to say that somebody may be lost. And let me tell you something, we better care about lost people and we better put that ahead of what everything else that we're worried about what we say or do in that way. Louis Grizzard said it like this. He said, everyone wants to find a doctor who says you can smoke all you want and eat all you want and you won't die. Or an accountant that says you can report what you want and how you want it and never have to pay or go to jail. Or a preacher that'll tell you that you can believe what you want and you can still go to heaven. None of the three will do you any good. Folks, I'm here to say today, lost people, it's a real thing, and they matter to God, and expressive faith sharing should motivate it to matter to us. Number two is this. Also, expressive faith sharing celebrates God's work in the lives of others. These stories continue, and, and these stories uh, go on. You know, the, the shepherd leaves the 99, he goes and finds the one, and then you know what he says? He says, I have found the one that was lost. We are going to have a party. And then Jesus says this, I say to you likewise that there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents 
than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. In other words, you know what? Every time somebody comes to know the Lord, he says they're going to strike up the band. They're going to turn up the music in heaven. They're going to tell the angels, stop what you're doing because we're about to ruin nothing. Up. Anyway, uh, the... Um, that was old, I know. But anyway, it's going to, they're going to crank up, cool in the game, celebrate good times, come on. He says, because when one sinner repents, there is more joy in heaven. He says, if you don't get it, after he tells about the woman finding that one lost coin, look at what he says in verse 10. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. There's joy in the angels. They're going to strike up the band. They're going to turn it up every time. I mean, it's going to be lit every time somebody comes to know Jesus. And if there's that much celebrating in heaven, we ought to be doing some celebrating here. Amen? Every time somebody makes a decision, every time somebody joins, every time somebody is baptized, every time somebody's life is turned around, it should turn, we should turn it up when their lives are turned around. Amen? Because that's what Jesus tells us to do. See, there's a, story, there's a third story in all of this. I didn't read the scripture, but there's another story because Jesus like, if you don't get it the first time, you don't get it like this, let me tell you one more. And he tells about this son that went to his dad and said, go ahead and give me your inheritance now. And he pretty much said, Dad, you're dead to me. I want what's mine and let me go do my thing. The dad gives him what's his. He goes, does his thing, loses everything, ends up in the hog pen, feeding with the swine. Finally says, you know what? I'm going to go say I'm sorry. Maybe he will at least welcome me back as a, as a hired hand or a hired servant or as one of his workers at least i'll get something to eat that way and he, he he goes and the bible says that the father sees him when he is a long way off you know what that tells me the daddy's been looking for him the whole time he's been lost and it says he sees him a long way off and he runs to him and he grabs him and he doesn't stand back and say i told you so no he said he gives him a big old hug he wraps him in close. He says, put a ring on his finger and put a robe on his back and you go get the, catted, the fatted calf because we are going to cook it up and we are going to have a big party because my son who was lost is now found. My son who was dead is now alive. And we ought to party like that when somebody gives their life to Jesus. Amen? Amen? I heard a preacher one time, I think I've said it before, he said one time they were at a children's time and, and he was asking about that story of the prodigal son and of course, you know, the son comes back, there was an older son that stayed the whole time and was like mad because his dad was welcoming the other one back in and all. And so the preacher asked the kids, said, who is it that hated to see the younger son come back? And one little kid said, the fatted calf. <laughs> That's right. We ought to be partying like that every time somebody comes to Christ. And last is this. Expressive faith sharing makes us naturally invitational. Invitational. Being invitational should, come, should start coming more and more natural. I know. It, now, that don't mean that you're going to be ready to give them the Romans road to salvation just like that. That doesn't mean that you're going to be able to lead them through that or whatever. But you know what? Our lives should become invitational. 
You can invite them to church. You can invite them to Bible study, Wednesday night supper, other things like that, trunk or treat things. But we should just start being invitational about inviting other people into our lives and then inviting them to Christ in some way. Listen, that's what happens over and over in Jesus' ministry. He just continues to invite people. He invites the disciples to come and dine. He divided the fishermen to come and follow him, and they dropped their nets. He invited uh, the man who was laying for 38 years beside the pool of Bethesda. He says, do you want to be made well? Rise up, take up your bed, and walk. He was, completely, he was continuously inviting people to the new life that he could offer. He made that a part of who he was. And folks, if we are living that life, if we are spiritually formed and, we are, and we're full of God's extra mile caring and all of those things, then we should be living that life in a way that invites others to be a part of it. They should be saying, well, I want some of the joy that's in your life. I want some of the hope that you have during this time of need. I want whatever you have. You heard stuff, somebody comes in all, all happy and after they leave, I want some of what they had. You know what I'm talking about? Not sure what they had, but anyway, but uh, coffee. Amen. But anyway, the, um, but we, want some, we should be wanting, I mean, people should be wanting the joy that we have during this time. I saw somebody on Facebook put this little line, wasn't sure if that was theirs or what, but it's cool. A Christian is a living sermon whether or not he or she preaches a word. Christians should be a living sermon whether or not they ever preach a word. I love Jessica Legron is the uh, she's the dean of the chapel at, at Asbury Seminary. And I was listening to her speak the other day online, and she, she was saying in her sermon, she said, one of her pet peeves is whenever they call this area up here a stage. She says she told her students, this is never a stage. This is a platform. And for on Sunday mornings, for me and other pastors and the kids this morning and for the band and all, it's our platform to, to usher in the presence of God with you. It's our platform. But you know what? Here's the good news. Every one of you, every one of us have a platform that's apart from this building. It's the platform that each and every one of you have with those in your realm of influence, in your circle of influence, that you can share Jesus with. Jesus was the platform of salvation for us. We are the platform to share that salvation with others. And that is exactly what we are called to be doing. Look all the way back there towards the end of Acts and Paul's preaching says in verse, uh, uh, Acts 22, verse 16, And now, why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. That's the invitation we're inviting people to. Don't wait another day. Don't wait another time. It's time to invite others to just that. Listen, this city needs to hope from expressive faith sharing. This, this city needs the hope that each, every, each and every one of us have a platform to share. I, I remember some years ago, I was preaching a youth, a youth conference at Lake Junaluska. And we had had communion that night, and we had prayed with some people at the altar. We had, they had an altar rail and everything. And 
I remember I was up there kind of getting the things back set up from communion and, and they were kind of finishing the service and most everybody, we had prayed with some people over there. We had some youth counselors and all that were praying with folks, but I won't ever forget, it was kind of sitting over on this side. I saw this one girl, they had already been through communion, but this one girl that was sitting there on the front row and she had her arms around the person beside her, this other girl beside her. And this other girl beside her just had her head down and so the one that was comforting her friend kind of looked up at me like, didn't quite do that, but that was, you know, and so, but it looked like the girl was doing fine. I mean, it looked like she was just kind of having some time on her own. So I kind of got back to doing the churchy stuff that leading that thing's supposed to be. And then I looked over there to her again, and the one that was right there beside her with her arms around her said, and you know, I mean, I kind of figured, well, maybe they wanted didn't going to go to the altar, so she did. Anyway, finally, the girl was like, and I was like, okay, okay. And I went over there to her. Not that I, I never mind praying with people. I just, you know, it's it just weird. I mean, how uh, that was playing out. But anyway, I went over there to her, and I thought she was going to, you know, like say there was trouble at home or something like that or whatever. But whenever I got down there and I said, how can I pray with you? She looked me in the eyes. I won't ever, I won't ever forget it. She just said, I need Jesus. It was that simple. It was that plain. And see, I think so many times we just assume because folks are around the church or folks are around us that it's just all good with our souls. Well, you know what? We need to realize there may be somebody that we have a platform with and see, here's the thing. We can't get all caught up doing church things that we forget the people that's right in front of us who may really need Jesus during a time like this. It's time to share our faith and be invitational. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. And boy, do we have a story to share. Lord, let us be a people that really begin to care about lost people. Let us be a people who know that we need to be invitational. And let us be a people who celebrate when you change the lives of others. Now, Lord, let us go and share the good news of your goodness and of your grace and of your love with everybody we know. May it never be a secret ever again. In Jesus' name, amen.